0: What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Life of Lee podcast. As always, this podcast is brought to you in association with Fab Active where If you work out, if you wear workout gear, if you want to look good while you're doing it, if you want to help the planet while you're doing it, if you want to support me and if you want to support this podcast while you're doing it, please head over to fabactivewear.com and if you use my code, Life of Lee 10, kapow, you'll get 10% discount, which makes everybody happy. Now... This is episode 22 of the Life of Lee podcast and it is a exceptionally special episode because it is our first guest and it is a very special guest. This guy is a rock star in the science world and he is a scientist when it comes to music. He has qualifications in engineering and music. He has a degree in genetics and a PhD in molecular biology. Our guest today is Dr. Gary Yates. Dr. Yates, how you doing? How are you? It's good to have you on the show.
1: Hey Lee, how's it going? Thanks, it's good to be here. I'm a big fan of the podcast. It's good to, to see it grow over the, the 20 episodes. Um, it's a good job you're doing. I think you should keep it up for sure.
0: Thanks very much, mate. It's um, like You know I spoke to you before I started it and it's something I've wanted to do for a long, long time and to actually do it and put it out there and to get some of the feedback that I've got and you know it's it's been invaluable and every episode that i put out i'm so happy that i've continued doing it and now we've reached episode 22 and i get to have yourself on as a guest and we get to delve into those those big topics that we discuss so regularly so for the people at home Gary could you just explain a little bit about yourself your qualifications um how you got into science and what it is you actually do on a on a day to day kind of basis
1: yeah so Oh, I guess let's go in reverse order. So I currently work at the University of York as a, as a postdoctoral researcher. Um, I came there from Durham, where I gained a PhD in molecular biology. And from there, I came from Glasgow University, where I got a degree in genetics. And basically, that's all, all that's really relevant right now. Um, I was a professional musician before that for a bit. And found that a little bit difficult to sustain a living from, so wasn't. There was a crossover between what I loved and then you know doing something for work, which he otherwise loved doing, and I didn't also enjoy enjoy that so, aspect. Of it, so um,
0: one one thing I'd just like to make clear to the people at home, because this is one of the <laughs> things that fascinates me the most about you. You are an incredibly competent musician. You could go out tomorrow and you know make money from. Being a musician, be it in a wedding band or or something like that, you could go and do that. But you decided to get a backup plan, a backup plan in place before you really pursued the music, and that was science, am I right? Like science is still your backup plan, you know. You went and got a doctorate and a degree just to make sure that you had something to fall back on, you know what I mean? Like if I me pursuing like acting my my backup plan is is stocking shelves at a supermarket you know so for you to have <laughs> such a uh you know a big and all-consuming backup plan and to dedicate yourself to it, it is one of the most inspiring things that um i think i've taken from you and yeah sorry to interrupt there thanks very much
1: no that's all right it's um it's just day by day man and partly it's just interest you know mm-hmm. Like the more more about any science, the more I found it fascinating. Just to a certain point, then you get like, you know, you end up stuck down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Yeah. In terms of your research, because it's it's so detailed and so time-consuming and expensive that you can't have t- tend not to have big broad projects. You know, it's much more specific into different things. Um, but because of that, I also have a general, wider interest in science. Like a I, I follow. Ca- it's casual, but obviously I have a competence enough to understand it, and you know. But in physics and um, astronomy and different things like that, I've, I find myself being pulled in that direction very often. Right. And even like sometimes maths, uh-huh. you know, and things like that. Sometimes I find myself going down little rabbit holes where something just intrigues me or interests me. And that's the same with music. Uh, to bring it full circle, is after I'd stopped pursuing music as a way of making a living. Uh-huh. Um, I started you know it's been a long process different things have happened but generally what's happened is I've just started to enjoy it more and more and more again and um, you know that's that's brought me to where I'm are now where I'm almost completing an album which I've, I've done an album before and I was not happy with it at all so I don't really count it so this this one is like something I'm actually proud of so that that's quite exciting you know. But um, but yeah, so that brings me up to date. So now I'm a, I'm I'm active as a musician because I I record at home and stuff like that, and I've I've had a few bands over the years. Currently sitting with nothing because partly because of lockdown as mm-hmm. well, and that also explains this werewolf look that I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm harbouring <laughs> right quarantine now. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's me. I don't want to. You know, ramble on about myself uh, too much
0: I'll, I'll take it back um, to you just for a second Like right now to me you look like a, a meaner version of Terence McKenna you look like if they were making an action movie of Terence McKenna you would be the guy that would play him you know <laughs> um, through the wow. jungles rescuing mushrooms and that kind of stuff um, so what was what led you from music to science like I know you were quite a mature student like um, it was your mid-twenties you decided to go back to academia and to pursue what was like what were you pursuing initially is is why you got into science what you are doing now or has that changed along the way
1: um <coughs> well there was a few things like probably prior to that i had you know stumbled around a little bit um the music thing was had kind of died away i'd kind of like it wasn't like I stopped being a musician and now I'm being a scientist. There was a there was a transition right. period in the middle where I was kinda of doing it. Um a little bit of it and I was getting my, my interest in general in science was was, was getting greater, you know. Um, but there was a couple of key things that happened in my life around about a year or eighteen months prior to that, which we might get into another time. Um but it was it was so profound and life changing that it led me to explore it made me realise that I could do things as well. You know, right. that like, like these type of, these kind, kind of ideas that m- may seem like a fantasy, you know, to, to people right now, it's like, well, why don't you just chase it down and then see what happens? Yeah. You know, and it gave me, it gave me the freedom, like, you know, to, to just think like that and just just go after it, just be like, well, why not?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, let's, let's see what, because it was funny, because it was like, let's see where I tap out. Yeah. You know, let's, think, let's say, can, can I keep, how, how far can I keep up with them? Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of my mentality going into it. Um, but yeah, but the, the interest,
0: sorry. I was just going to say, it's the same approach um, I take to everything. Like when I got into acting, free running, podcasting, it was all just to see if I could do the thing and if I could do the thing, what that would lead to. Because there's a lot of things I've tried that, I, that just failed, you know. But um, there's other mm. things that I tried and just kept pursuing and pursuing. And like you say, it's just it's just seeing how long you can go before you tap or before you get knocked out or before, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah, um, so it's the same kind of um, attitude, attitude towards what we're pursuing, but obviously completely different things that we are pursuing.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that's an interesting idea because even like with... With music, what I'm doing right now is like I'm chasing down this specific, very specific, I guess, like vibe and sound. It's like this big, simple, like basis. Uh-huh. You know, like this the full album is this almost the same three chords all the way through. But the, but the, therein lies the art, right? Because you're you're trying to make the same thing different, be different yeah. enough that it's uh, that it's still interesting. And I mean, that's I, I used to practice for years. Just holding a static chord and then coming up with a verse, bridge, and melody, mm-hmm. you know, just one chord, same rhythm all the way, and that's, it's so much harder mm-hmm. than than having things move under you. You know, like the, the, the creativity is is really challenged yeah. at that end. And I think, like you know, I, I used to do it for fun, but thinking back on it now, it was all just practice. You know, it was it was good. It was it was a good way of like exploring different ideas. Um, and I, I'm not trying to. Like, Break the mold, you know. I'm not trying to like, oh, come up with these super different, like melod- melodic ideas. It's just like you know, but there is loads in there. Like you know, you could you can convert chords and do different substitutions, and basically every song's the same. Yeah. You know, especially especially in pop, you know, like more or less. There's obviously some exceptions to that, but yeah. But anyway, like, in in terms of like the mindset, and, and that's also like somewhat how I view science. I like to take like. There is, there is fact in science, obviously, you know, but there is a lot of also
0: best guess. Yeah, there's a lot of wiggle you know, room. And, and f-
1: yeah, and, and I f- think that, that's one of the things, especially the kind of celebrity scientists, mm-hmm. uh, have real problems with some of them, like Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, for example, yeah. You know, he always spouts things like absolutes, and, and and he's very dismissive of ideas that don't fall into the, his regimented way of understanding physics. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what that's based on is theoretical, or at best, it's like you know, the current model. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's just extrapolation of data, and it's then modeled in a you know. A, and some kind of like mathematical um, processing, like to 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 get an answer and go, oh yeah, that's our best guess. Yeah. Like the formation of planets, for example, he'll tell you this is how a planet's formed, but that the best guess, the current model, has changed at least at least twice, maybe three times since I've been paying attention. Yeah. You know, so like so that this is again, there's always this thing like being in academia, you have this constant narrative of, oh, we need to communicate science better. There's always like this. Problem with public engagement, and they don't get it, and blah blah blah. And it's and it's the way it's portrayed in my eyes. It's, it's you could easily simplify the language and and discuss it. You know, you, you sometimes when we're discussing it in the lab between colleagues, we're using a much more simplified version of how we would write it yeah. up. You know, it's just like just casual. It's just conversational, and that's how you should talk to the public about it. It doesn't. You don't need to bamboozle them with you know big words and, yeah. and, and different things that.
0: Well, I've noticed a lot of things when we've been discussing um, more complex scientific theories or whatever. If there's something, if you've said something that I don't particularly understand, you always seem to have a, a metaphor or some some way to relate it to me that take that still imposes the science but removes it from the you know the the dogma of the science and makes it like okay, so this does this does this. I didn't understand that and you're like well if you imagine you know you had this and then this came mm. along and i'm like all oh, right right cool cool i get it so there is always you know like some people are just baffled by science in general and i, and I, know, I know you've had this before people are like oh you're a scientist or oh, you must be oh you must do shit that i just can't <laughs> figure out but you know a lot of it's just people don't have a basis for understanding it and as soon as it's explained yeah, to, it's, it's in a
1: it's also sorry to interrupt no, you it's also the decluttering de- of the language mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I said because like the concept if I describe a, co- a, a, a a like a I don't know a biological system right if I explain it as a concept then it's much easier to for, for you to uptake that information than it would be if I had to use all the fancy names for every molecule or protein yeah, involved yeah. you know because and, and again when I was when I was learning and studying I found this like I found that just superficial. If I understand the mechanism and the concept, mm-hmm. then I understand how it works. Like being able to rhyme off every, every component involved. That for me, that's there's not much to that because you can always just Google that. Yeah. But you can't necessarily Google the concept, but you probably could nowadays. But do you know what I mean? It's like once once it's installed in your head, you can apply it to other things if it fits. Uh-huh. You know. But just knowing the f- knowing this is connected to this and that goes into that and converts this to this. It's great, but it's it's not really giving you much do you know what I mean in terms of like beyond what you're d- dealing with there yeah. um so so science for me has al always been a little bit of you know you take a little bit of something you learn here and you find somewhere else it also applies you right. know and that's really interesting like one of the things that got me super hooked in science to begin with was at the cellular level this like um idea that all bacterial cells, or most bacterial cells have these like little antennae things they call flagella or cilia. Mm-hmm. We have them in our digestive tract to push food along as well. Right. And how they work in, in bacteria is like a it's like a little like molecular rotor engine. You know, like the that will think protons go across and it like turns mechanism and the thing spins. Yeah, exactly. Right. Biomechanical. As soon as I seen a video of that and it was explained to me, I was just like, yeah. you know, I was in. And then you want no <laughs> I was more like in, and in. again.
0: From finding out more about that, it leads you to other things that you don't understand, and you want to know yeah. more, and and that's science right exactly. there. That's that's the method.
1: Aye. So now, now my work involves like partially like the carbon cycle and photosynthesis. So I work on how to enhance or decluttering how to enhance photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. You know to try and make basically better crops eventually. Right. But we're doing this on an algae, which you, which can basically supercharge photosynthesis. Through concentrating carbon around it, and without giving you too much of the detail, you understand the concept of supercharging something, yep. right? So again, I don't need to give you any details, and you get the concept. This algae supercharges photosynthesis, so it's a high output. Yeah. A photosynthesis product is is some kind of sugar, so it produces way more sugar. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like so.
0: And this. You could you could
1: look at it like that. Um,
0: what you're doing mm. in the algae will that then be able to be applicable to other plants and like?
1: Absolutely, that's the point. Right. That is the point. We we we're, we're working on a really simplized system. It's really not. I mean, it's super complex, obviously. <laughs> but in terms of it's single single cellular, so it's regarded as as um as sim as a simpler life form, uh-huh. you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super interesting. And 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 that species, you have two examples of um, endosymbiosis, which is like one life form engulfing another life form, and then that. Life form existing within it. So, so these algal cells have a um, a chloroplast and a mitochondria, which are basically potentially were free living themselves at one point. Right. Um, but now they've combined so because to, because
0: it, to make something else. Well, no, they've been engulfed by this
1: other type of right, cell. Right, right. You know, this is yeah. Like, so, so this in the lineage. Plant cells are in the lineage, basically, of the like, higher cells as a, as a way and then the, the bacteria is kind of you could think of as a law, mm-hmm. you know forms but um yeah want I get too detailed want I get too, yeah. too into these things right now.
0: Um, um, in terms of the the science that you're doing how cutting edge is it? Is it like is what you're working on exclusive to to you or is there teams around the world working on this and you're collaborating or
1: yeah, well, I mean, it's a mixture of all of that right. because you have, you have overlap. You're all working towards a common, like, we're in a community where we're all working towards a common goal, but we've segmented it right, up, right. you know, so you work on this part and I work on this part and so on. But in terms of how cutting edge it is, I mean, like, probably anybody doing science currently at an institution or university is cutting yeah. edge, you know, they like gets you're not getting money to go over old stuff, yeah. you know. Um, and that's what it's all about. Unfortunately, is bringing in funding for the research. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of the job, and it's a big part of what determines what gets done. You know, And it's funny because with these <coughs> this COVID situation, you know, probably the the the, the aim is going to change a bit. I would imagine. I think there'll be more emphasis put on, you know, that kind of and and rightly so. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> um, with like taking a more philosophical um, point of view, like I know there's some scientists, um, famous ones, I can't think of names now, but they've said that their studies have, have have proven to them an existence of a creator and then other scientists see it purely as, you know, a mathematical construct, you know, everything will relate to each other in terms of formula and ratios and that kind of stuff. Do you see do you see it as a self um, formulating system of like order out of chaos kind of thing, or do you feel there is some overreaching creator, or you know, has has science has the deeper you've delved into science, has it changed any of your preconceived notions about just the world around us, existence in itself?
1: Yes, it has. <laughs> um, to, to answer the broader question, first of all. Like I, I'm open to all of those ideas. I'm and I'm open to all of those ideas being real. Right. And as much as that contradicts itself, I think the level of understanding that requires probably as a species we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So we can't really comprehend two things being the same thing but being polar opposites, but they could be, you know? But to to, to dive into the, the science I actually went so um, I don't I don't really believe in a a creator as such. Um I don't think I never have but as I went deeper into science and like seeing almost how perfect everything was, I mean the level of detail and the level of, level of organisation uh-huh. and that's that, Like this, in biology we're still discovering layers of le- organisation in between the layers we already know, mm. it used to, at one point we thought it was just DNA, RNA and proteins that regulated everything but there's a whole suite of different things in between, you know, and like it's, the list just keeps getting larger and larger and um and, and that's really fascinating because that means that we don't know where the end of that is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's another thing in science that f- that I find I'm, tra- I'm attracted to is that when we don't know the limits or the things that we cannot measure, you know, the metaphysical, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, that's really intriguing because you've first of all got to try and solve a problem of, well, how could it be measured? But then you've also got the pondering of, what could this mean or what what could it be or you know and, yeah. and that that line of thought of love, you know rig, 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 rigidity in science is really a problem people not being open to to new ideas mm-hmm. and i say just open open yourself to every idea yeah. until it's dismissed you know then it's, it doesn't do no harm surely yeah. to to be open to these ideas you know
0: um i do like i agree in terms of what Nikola Tesla said when he said something along the lines of when the science world, um, when science starts um, investigating the metaphysical world, as long as the physical will make more progress in 10 years than we have in the last like 10,000 or something along those lines. And I do believe that psychedelics, like we're definitely, the world is definitely going through a psychedelic revolution at this moment. And I feel the more um, that, like insinuates itself into different branches of science and art you know like more engineers that do psychedelics the stuff that they're going to bring back in the buildings they're going to be able to create the machines the more scientists take psychedelics and it opens up like you're saying opens their mind up to every idea um, and the more the more it's researched into it and the more um, stigmas are broken because like how I don't know if it's a, a widely broached subject but I mean, we know that there's a, a, a massive um, community of microdosing going on in Silicon Valley and, and that kind of stuff. Is there uh, any psychedelic leanings in science that you've came across so far? And do you think, is there any people that you, you've looked at who are doing great work but you feel like, oh, if he had a mushroom trip, you know, that would open his mind up and his work would go so far this way or whatever? Like, do you think psychedelics are needed to usher in a new wave of understanding or do you believe they could usher in a new wave of understanding and a a new way of looking at the world
1: yes (laughs) potentially (laughs) Um, to say to say it in one word Um, but i mean it's it's multifaceted as well and i think in terms of research that's being done like the treatment of um mental health issues that seems to be like overwhelming like just overwhelmingly positive and then you get similar things when you looked at what was the issue we had in the UK with I think it was some kind of cannabis extract oh, the being spice. used to treat epi- no the to treat epilepsy
0: uh,
1: CBD or I, I don't know I can't remember what it is off the top of my head so it was some extract for, ca- for a cannabis plant anyway it's an oil mm-hmm. And it was being used to is apparently really successfully to treat um, epilepsy, and there was people being stopping know, seizures. Denied and... it because. Oh yeah, and yeah, getting denied um, it. But anyways, so, so the point is, a lot of these what was once regarded as recreational drugs are probably much more beneficial than pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I think if you can find an, an answer in nature. Then it's probably going to be better for you than something that's you know been manipulated and yeah, pharmaceutically
0: processed fit. and um. yeah
1: because i'm not not that i'm completely against pharmaceuticals obviously but it's, and i understand the science of it so you know it's, it's, it's an it's an art form in itself and, and and some of the the work that those companies have done has is, is helped pave the way for you know other research yeah. and other important breakthroughs obviously and some of the treatments are, are, are Brilliant. You can't you can't write off that entire industry based on what I'm saying. Obviously, but what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is like, if you don't have to make a drug for it because there's one already in nature that fixes it, then don't make a drug for yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, why would you even
0: um, um, even in terms of like a lot of people when you talk about plant medicines, ayahuasca and um, iboga and that kind of stuff, um, especially ayahuasca the The effects people have from just, like, freebasing DMT is remarkably different from the effects of ayahuasca, and a lot of people believe it's because it's coming from the plant. You know, you've not just extracted the molecule, you've still got the the essence, the spirit of the, the plant medicine, and I think that's much the same. Like, if someone could give me a psilocybin pill, I don't think I would take it. You know, I would much prefer to sit and eat five grams of of the mushroom, you know what I mean, as opposed to someone going in mm. extracting psilocybin, putting it in a nice little capsule, that kind of thing. Um because I do believe if it remains in its its natural form, it, it it has more benefits the same. It's it's better to eat vegetables than to take multivitamins, you know? Um Yeah, but
1: I mean it's 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 because I mean one one of the most is it's because the active ingredient isn't the only one probably affecting yeah the body. Yeah. You know, the or, or the, the the recognized active ingredient because you you know even like in cannabis there's 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 several um active um there's se- several active um ingredients in in, in that so when people taking ayahuasca there's probably a, a profound um suite of of, of chemicals because they, this is another thing. There's somebody they can um a colleague of mine is working on one of the molecules he works on is catnip, right. and um, so th- this is this belongs to a whole su- uh, suite of proteins that have been undiscovered, or chemicals that have been undiscovered so far that exist in different forms in mm-hmm. plants, and um, and they all have really interesting and unique chemistry, and a lot of them have really good potential for being treatments for different things, mm-hmm. you know. So, I remember growing up and hearing a lot of things like when there's the big issues when I was growing up in terms of environment was the ozone, the hole in the ozone mm-hmm. and um, the destruction of the Amazon. And one of the things that came along with the, the, the destruction of the Amazon thing was like they, they were probably, um, they probably wiping out the cure of cancer because within that, you know, that, that amount of diversity yeah. in, in plant species, you probably have a plant that will do, you know, mm-hmm. everything that, you know, can fix every disease basically was the implication. And, Maybe just because I heard that so young, but I sometimes still think that that might be true. Right. That there, you know, if you extract the right thing for because just even go a walk down the woods and anywhere, you know, the, the diversity in species is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, weeds, trees, moss, fungus, like everything that's like insects, it's just there's tons of things. I'm talking about just the plants and the green things. I mean, you could you could, you could could spend a day counting, yeah. you know, and um, just keep walking, and you'll just keep seeing different things, and and, that, and that's that's the beauty of it, is all these things been tested. Have if, if you checked the, your local trees for DMT content? Um, you know what I mean? No, like,
0: it, it's not even that. It's, <clears throat> I mean, the amount of plants that we have, and each of them might have something, like you say, might have a cure for cancer, but then if you take all the plants, and there's 100,000, just say, I mean, that's low-balling, you know, but you then need to combine... Each and every one of them, with each and every, and then you you then need to combine each part of each one with each other oh, wow. one. Yeah. You know, cause like the like the ayahuasca brew, that's like the ayahuasca vine, and then you've got the um, IMO and Um And when the tribes were asked how they knew that it was the root of that plant and the leaf of that plant that had to become that had to come together and be brewed. Otherwise, the two things independently wouldn't work, and they said it was the plants that told them. So, you know, and that's out of like hundreds of thousands of species, and then you've got roots of them, you've got plant, you've got leaves of them, you've got. There's so many, like almost yeah. an infinite. I mean, it isn't infinite. There, there must be a set number, but.
1: But the, in in terms of combinations, yeah. If yeah, if you if, you're, if you like if you even limit it to a hundred thousand species, and then if you imagine each combination of one. Yeah and you, you don't limit the amount of combinations you can do, yeah, then you're quickly in in numbers that could not be done. Um,
0: and then you don't know, it might <laughs> do be I mean? one milligram of this compared to, you know, 500 milligrams of that. And if you get that ratio wrong, it, yeah, it cancels the, itself yeah. out, And it, you know? So I do believe, like, I mean, it's been said before, like for every illness, there's a plant that can cure it, you know? Um, and that's probably the more yeah. eastern philosophy philosophy towards medicine but I mean the simple fact that like psilocybin mushrooms grow wild in abundance you know and they're just waiting there we know that other mushrooms are, are edible we know like cytropic um, no nootropic mushrooms um, can help with like cognitive ability and that kind of shit and then you find the psilocybin mushroom and you take that and it's like an instant download of universal fucking consciousness, do you know what I mean? So if there's a, a tiny little mushroom that can impose that kind of change on your, your consciousness, then I'm pretty sure there might be another plant or mushroom or spore or whatever, and you ingest that and it will just remove tumors from your body, it will just attack them and attach itself and remove them or something, you know, I don't know the mechanics, but just... The world we live in is so vast yeah, I mean, and diverse that it must be possible to live just purely with nature. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I pretty much agree with that. Like, I think there's um, there's just so much still to be discovered. You yeah. know, and um, and unfortunately, not everything is being looked at yeah. either. That's that's the other problem, and it might take us how I don't know how many generations to get there. You know, and then you know you spent all this money and all these teams of people trying to develop drugs to do things, but it was actually sitting there all the yeah. time. All you had to do was take the root of this tree and leave leave it that yeah. tree, as you say, you know, and and Bob's your uncle. And, like,
0: and even what you're saying, with yeah, so. not getting looked at, I mean, like DMT was has been a class one scheduled substance for I don't know how long. There's there's been decades of research that haven't been happening on this and now we like the imperial institute in london and and that kind of stuff there is scientific processes to understand this stuff but i feel we're 40 50 60 years behind where we should be and that like that's the reason for this podcast it's to introduce my experience of psychedelics to a wider audience so hopefully they'll go out and have their own experiences because the more artists we have the more scientists the more mechanics the more fucking engineers the more politicians you know like I, I seen at one of the yeah. Black Lives Matter riots or protests um, two very different ones there there was a guy holding a banner that said cops need to do ayahuasca and I'm like yeah 100% that should be a prerequisite you know for being a police officer you must go through a psychedelic experience so you understand that we're all one we're all part of the same consciousness so you're not going to start fucking shooting people because they're four shades darker than you are you know what I mean um but yeah gary yeah um we've got so much to say but unfortunately we've just crossed the half hour um mark there no worries um but it's been great having you on i'm sure i'll have you on again and we can dive further into fucking so many different conversations and yeah
1: yeah absolutely just hit me up Um, it's been a it's been a pleasure i'm more than happy to to, to come back on and discuss whatever you That's like if I can enlighten you in any way I'll I'll, I'll do my best um, but, um, and no promises for
0: <laughs> any viewers at home Gary does have some music up on YouTube if you search um, Gary Yates what song title would lead him there
1: off i mean that's that's my b tracks i'm not too yeah this is this yeah, is just, just to give just, you a little um,
0: a little taste because he does have an album coming out very soon and i will promote that through the website because it deals with i'll promote that through the podcast sorry because it deals with a lot of the things that we discuss but yeah dr gary yates first guest on the life of lee podcast thank you very much we'll wrap that episode up there um you guys at home thanks for watching as always i'll throw up one of them and i'll catch you in the next one take it easy cheers Lee.